Hello, welcome to the Christ Chapel Parent Podcast. Uh, This podcast exists to have real conversations to help you win at home. My name is Joel Bowers, and I am the 5th and 6th grade pastor for our Fort Worth campus here at Christ Chapel. And I am very excited because today we are joined by three brand new guests who have never podcasted with us before. I'm a guest. A guest. <laughs> Not on staff, but on Where's the podcast. I know. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's afterward. It depends. It's based upon performance okay. here. Mm-hmm. So, yes. But uh, the voice that you just heard is Kevin Leibach. He is Hello. our Live Stage 1 pastor. Uh, so he is joining us today. We are also joined by Victoria Davis. Hi. She is a member of our college ministry staff. What is your exact title? Yeah, so I am the college women's director. College for women's director. Yeah. Awesome. And then we are also joined by Sarah Beth. Hi. Yes, and Sarah Beth is our girls director for our West Campus. Yes. So, yeah, so we're really excited to all be here and to be together. Now, Victoria, I found out yesterday... You weren't always on college ministry staff. You actually started out in my world. Of I ministry. did, yeah. So I originally got hired um, by Ryan Hammond when he was the fifth, sixth pastor here. So got to spend a summer interning with fish sticks yes. and getting to know this world real well. Yeah. And yeah. Um, then got to transition over to college ministry. Nice. So. And college students in fifth and sixth grade are basically the same. Basically Honestly, the same. you know, the boys, uh, there's not much difference. It's yeah, not the same. College freshmen. Yeah, they're trying to figure out life. Exactly, exactly. They definitely have the same eating habits. You know, it's the same. They don't know how to clean their dorm rooms. Same world. (laughs) Same world. (laughs) Minor improvements. Yeah, that's awesome. And Sarah Beth, I don't want to put you on the spot here. But I did hear a tidbit of information about you yesterday as well. Oh, that's right. About maybe a new a new man in your life. Ooh. Speaking of new oh, things wow. and transitions. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. throwing that out there. <laughs> yes, as of Saturday, I have Saturday. a boyfriend. So Ooh. there you go. Um, yep. He's coming to Pizza in the Park. So all he's right. just going to meet the whole church nice. family all at once. Yeah. So West okay. Campus, if you're listening, uh, come by Get Pizza the in the Park to on Sunday. Sarah Beth's new boyfriend. Yep. Kevin, I didn't learn anything new about you yesterday. Uh, nothing so, happened to me yesterday, yeah. so I'm good. <laughs> but, but, so today, we're all gathered here. We kind of have uh, expertise in a bunch of ministries uh, here. Kevin did middle school ministry for a long time before. How many years did you do middle school before you were Life Stage 1? Uh, hmm. Seven years middle school at Christ Chapel. I'm just about to finish... 20 years in student 20 ministry. Years. So. Yes. so he brings a huge level of expertise with student ministry, with middle school ministry. I'm old. Yeah, I'm old. <laughs> he's old. Uh, and then Victoria yeah. with college and Sarah Beth with high school. And then I'm coming in with our fifth, sixth age group. And the reason we kind of collected people from all age groups is because parents, uh, transitions for your students are right around the corner. Yeah. It's crazy that the school year is almost oh over. Gosh. Uh, but right around the corner, you're going to have students entering new grades. Some are going to be going to high school for the first time, mm-hmm. to college for the first mm-hmm. time, to middle school for the first time. We might even have some elementary parents that their students are entering into the fifth and sixth, kind of the preteen bracket for the first time. And so we are going to have a conversation today about those transitions. 
Um, and so before we do that, though, I think that it's important because we all have had awkward transitions at some point. <laughs> so many. Not me. Not you. Never. No. Okay, no. Never the most awkward thing that ever happened to Sarah Beth was being asked about her birthday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just just now. It's definitely up there. Top tip. Um, but yeah, I just, I would think that it would be great for our parents to hear, and because I want to hear too, just what was your most awkward, mm. you know, was it when you went into middle school? Was it going into high school? And I'll kick us off. Off because okay. I feel like mine is is an interesting one. So I was homeschooled oh. through eighth grade. Makes so much sense. Yeah, <laughs> lots coming together. Yeah, that's why my shirt's tucked in right now. I'm still um, I was homeschooled till eighth grade, and then I went to the what was at the time. I don't know if it still is, but the biggest public high school in the state of Tennessee. Oh, so wow. I went from homeschooled to that. And oh, that wow. was a transition mm-hmm. for sure. I wouldn't say that it was like awkward, mm-hmm. but it was just like I had no idea what was going on. Mm-hmm. And there was there was two lunches. This is what stands out to me. There was two lunches that they had for the ninth grade campus. Mm-hmm. And one of them was the band lunch, and one of them was the not band lunch. And all I knew was that I had wanted to be in the non-band lunch. <laughs> and guess which lunch I was in? Mm, the band lunch. band lunch. The band lunch. And I was like the only person not in the band, oh. and it was, it was hard. It was not, yeah. yeah, adding to the fact that, you know, I went from me and my two sisters who were still at home being in school to a graduating class of like 2,700 people. Oh but, gosh. so for me, that was kind of That's my insane. biggest sort of change up. What about for you guys? Well, my biggest uh, awkward transition was from high school to college. I grew up in California, and I moved to Fort Worth to go to TCU. Oh, nice. Uh, and I didn't get placed in the band lunch at TCU, <laughs> but I checked the uh, my third choice for dorm was the international dorm. And because I checked international dorm, they put me in the international, international dorm, which was at the far end of campus. Uh, and so for my first semester, I was hanging out with a bunch of people that didn't really speak English. My roommate was uh, not, uh, was a senior. We didn't hang out very much. And so I felt very disconnected. I was far from home. Yeah. I spent a lot of, a lot of nights going, okay, did I make the best decision here? And it took me, it took me a good semester to kind of get grooving with my friend group and that kind of stuff. That was definitely the hardest transition in my life. Did you and your roommate ever hit it off or was it the whole year was just kind of like, well, no, he kicked me out of he he wanted he kicked me out of his the dorm at the end of the semester, so I had to find new roommates. Oh, <laughs> I didn't want to share a room with me anymore. So. Um, yeah, he had to do different sleeping patterns and all that kind yeah. of stuff. So oh, it was, man. It was oh, man. rough, but yeah, I'm glad I stuck it out. That is rough. I know. Oh, jeez, my uh, most awkward transition is actually similar. In um, I went from community college transferring to TCU my freshman year so I came in second semester uh. into TCU and so but I was used to being in a really really big town um, but everybody knew each other uh, but also community college just has a completely different vibe so than different. a university yeah. um, and so learning how to live on campus and all these different things but when I got to TCU everybody had already rushed in their sorority and I was in the only all girls dorm on campus and so I was one of three girls out of 320 that wasn't in a sorority uh. Um, and so I was like, oh, geez, what are these letters? I don't understand. Like, I'm a really social person, but I have no idea how to make friends right now. And so it was definitely trying to figure out how to fit in and to acclimate into this world when I had just come from, you get into class, you get out of class, you don't make friends at community college typically, um, where I was at. And, um, 
to, okay, these people are going to be your family now, so yeah. figure out how to make yeah. friends. <laughs> I did a, a year of community college, in terms, and it, it yeah. is it's so different. It's crazy. It's just, yeah. I feel like it's just a completely different world. It's almost like 13th grade as opposed to like mm-hmm. going to yeah, college, totally. you yeah. know, which is so great if you get the chance to save money or whatever yeah. it is. Um, but it's just socially yeah. a completely different so experience. Different. So different. What about you, Sarah Beth? I, um, so between my sophomore and junior year of high school, I transferred from private school to public school. Mm. Um, and I did not know what to expect. It was kind of a sudden decision. So I went from a really small private school where I had a really close group of friends, um, mostly believers to public school where I didn't understand how the lunchroom worked. Um, that was my biggest mistake. I The first day of school, some girls were being really kind to me um, and offered for me to sit like in the middle of the lunch table and they were all going to like scoot over and I'm trying to be polite. I'm like, no, like y'all don't move. I'll sit on the end. It's not a big deal thinking tomorrow I'll be there earlier and I'll get a spot in the middle. I didn't know once you sat down, that was your spot for the year. That was such a foreign concept to me. So I'm at this new school, don't know anybody, and I got stuck at the very end of the lunch table. So I was kind of excluded from all the conversations. And so that was kind of a a sad, (laughs) um, sad day. But, um, yeah, just trying to figure out how – public school worked versus private school. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a really hard transition that kind of got drug out because it was such a, a difficult transition. I ended up graduating early. Um, so then I did the community yeah. college mm-hmm. thing, but I was still the age of a high school student. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to be a college student, but I was still like living in the town with all of my friends who were still going to high school. Yeah. So it was kind of like a really awkward, drawn out <laughs> year and a half transition. Yeah. Um, it, it was, but it, it ended up good. I learned yeah. a lot. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really awkward and just for about a year and a half, just didn't really have a place that mm-hmm. I fit. Yeah. 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 You know, something that I think is interesting that you guys have kind of brought even in the moment to my attention is. Then as we talk about transitions, you know, we've kind of, the inspiration for this episode was as school years are changing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but there's so many more transitions in life than just aging up in right. grades. Right. You know, there's changes from public school to private school. There's changes from, you know, if you move, you know, that's a transition for people like Kevin moving mm-hmm. from California to here, you know, just changing, you know, there's all these different transitions that students go through beyond just, oh, I'm aging up in a grade, um, and just being aware of those things. And so, so in the midst of all the transitions that we've had in our lives, what do you guys feel like, you know, probably somebody walked alongside you in the midst of that transition, whether it was your parents or a teacher you were close to or a mentor in your life? Um, or they didn't. They were on the opposite side of the spectrum, and, no, and nobody helped you out. Um, uh, you know, what do you guys, as you kind of reflect back and as we kind of help our parents gear up for transitions or anticipate those, what were some of the things that you feel like were helpful or maybe hurtful in the midst of those transitions as people, you know, in your life walked alongside you in them? I think for me, one of the things that was helpful 
um, was being able to call my mom and for her to just be an ear to listen Mm -hmm. and not necessarily tell me everything to do because she wasn't there. And so like she had definitely like some good advice on like, Hey, like, it's okay. This season isn't going to last forever. You know, and I was like, I'm never going to have friends. Um, But just being someone that I knew that I could call, that was a safe space Mm -hmm. that wasn't going to um, tell me how wrong I was or whatever it was, but just to listen. And that was just a really safe thing to know. Okay. If I need to vent, I just have someone who's going to sit there and lovingly listen to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was just super helpful. So I didn't feel like I was alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Being a safe place for your kids to call is, yeah, mm-hmm. is awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like uh, for, for me, it's the people that started the transition before the transition, meaning yeah. like mm-hmm. it was the preparation. So I wasn't going in cold. You know, I went from private school in middle school to public school in high school. And I remember just, I uh, played football that summer and coaches, you know, kind of knowing that I, was, I wasn't friends with everybody, helping me and preparing me and getting me ready by just saying, okay, here's what to expect and mm-hmm. here's what you need to know. And so that first day of school didn't feel like, and because I'd spent the whole summer on campus mm-hmm. playing football, uh, it didn't feel like such a stark, like when I went to college where I was like, I'll be off. See you later, Rick. You know. Yeah. See you later. Um, and so I think going. having having somebody having people like coaches or my parents mm-hmm. walk me through like here's what you're gonna expect, yeah. here's what to look for, uh, helped me out a lot. Yeah. 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 I know that for me, my parents, and this would be you know if you're a parent of a homeschooler and you're thinking about moving them into a different schooling system or just even helping them navigate life, something my parents did that I think really set me up for success. They did really well is they got me involved uh, in spo- on sports teams mm-hmm. and things like that with public school kids. Oh, and good. so I, in the midst of being homeschooled, I was able to connect with some kids through different sports and then even got the opportunity to practice with the high school team. My eighth mm-hmm. grade year, I did swimming. And so, you know, whether for better or worse, uh, as an eighth grader, got exposed to, like, high school locker room. And so I had – so I began to formulate – you know, kind of similar to you, Kevin, but in a real hands-on way, like, oh, this is what this is going to be like. Mm-hmm. This is what I can expect. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what, you know, the quote-unquote scary, what I had in my mind of scary public school kids. Like, this is mm-hmm. what they're like. And just and it kind of built a foundation of friendship for me mm-hmm. that was really helpful of having that involvement to rub shoulders with people. Yeah. And I think, like, it's the, it's the, you were talking about emotional support, mm-hmm. right? But my parents didn't rescue me from that. They didn't yeah. say, like, yeah. the first time I called yeah. back going, I'm really homesick. They right. didn't go, okay, let's pack you up and get yeah. you no. home. Yeah. They let me sit in that. Yeah. And they're like, okay, you're going to sit through it. You're going to be okay. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that was helpful for me because I had to learn to navigate a lot of stuff on my own and Definitely. make myself more self-reliant and self-confident. Mm-hmm. Even when there were times I'm like, I don't know anybody. You know. So I think mm-hmm. that was, like, the emotional support but also the – Okay, you're gonna do this, yeah. and we're not gonna yeah. we're not gonna rescue you from this. Yeah, Definitely. yeah, totally. Yeah, allowing. Go ahead. Sarah. Along the same lines, uh, something my parents I think did really well was you know each student they know the next year they're gonna move up to the next grade. There are transitions that they know are gonna come, but some mm-hmm. of the unforeseeable ones that mm-hmm. can be really stressful for students. Um, for me, it was. I didn't know I would be switching from private school to public school, but my parents really included me in those discussions and Mm -hmm. asked for my opinion, asked what I thought. 
um, when we decided that we did want to, my sister and I transferred together. Um, and so when we decided we did want to leave the private school we were at, our parents asked us which public school we wanted to go to. And so they didn't, along the same lines, they didn't rescue us. They didn't Mm -hmm. say, I'm going to make it all better, but they did Mm -hmm. include us in the decision and in the thought process. So when it did get really hard, it was kind of like, okay, but this wasn't something my parents forced on me. I was a part of the decision. Um, and it just, it gave me a little bit of ownership. Mm -hmm. And I think when it got hard, it made it easier to deal with it because it was like, okay, this is what I said I wanted. And my parents, when it did get hard, my parents were right there to help me through that. Um, And they made it easier in the ways that they could without Mm -hmm. just trying to put a Band-Aid on it and move on. Yeah. And I think along those lines too, especially if like you have students transitioning into college or just into independence of setting your kids up for success in that Mm -hmm. way of letting them learn how to do the dishes or their laundry or different things like that. Because I think just in the simplest of things that I found out in going to college because my parents enabled me to be such an independent kid um, and knowing how to make food for myself Mm -hmm. or whatever it was, um, I had a lot of friends asking me in college, how do I do laundry? Yeah. Or yeah. wait, I have to wash my dishes. I can't just sit in the sink for a month. Like, yeah. it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and so, but on the same, like walk alongside. Um, that was one of the, like, the sweetest things is knowing my parents are my advocates. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But they were also there to say, hey, like, but life is real. Um, mm-hmm. And so like, let's learn how to do this gracefully together. Yeah. I think was totally. a really sweet thing. Yeah. And I would say something that my parents, uh, my parents were awesome, but they did not do well mm-hmm. for me is that. Like, I was very much, like, a mama's boy. Like, my mom, <laughs> my mom did everything for me. Yeah. And so, like, I would, I went away to college, and I, you know, my freshman year, I went an hour and a half away. And I literally just wouldn't do laundry for months <laughs> until I went back home, oh my and my mom would do it. Because, I, and it's sad, because I didn't know yeah. how. I didn't know it's how so to do common. laundry. Yeah. So thankfully I had a dining hall, so I didn't have the dishes or anything <laughs> like that. Yeah. I think just a side note on that too, just so you know, parents, like that will also help your kids have friends easier, be friends with their roommates. Yes. No one wants to live with someone who doesn't know how to do dishes. Yes. So you are helping them in so many ways. Yeah. It will Good make roommate. their roommates easier their yeah. friendships easier so. yes yes thankfully my roommate was a high school friend and he was in the exact same boat oh. so oh, we nice. all wanted to hang out with each other but probably no one wanted to hang out <laughs> yeah. and we smelled bad <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah and I think you know the point of just coaching up your mm-hmm. child to yeah. prepare for transitions and and anticipating what's going to be next because mm-hmm. there are real challenges yeah. and real fears that your child is going to face mm-hmm. in the midst of transitions, whether that's changing to a new school or going mm-hmm. up in a grade or going away to college right. or joining a new sports team or whatever it is. Uh, you know, there's some major fears and concerns that they have. But I think sometimes as a parent, it's, it's hard to know like what are those like you know mm-hmm. a transition is coming up mm-hmm. right right like maybe your child is getting ready to move into high school or they're gearing up to go away for college and you want to be proactive you're mm-hmm. listening to this you know and I think one of the best ways to be proactive is to kind of get a grip on okay like how can I anticipate what like if I want to be a support system for phone calls Victoria right. like your mom was when right. my child goes away for college yeah what are the things that maybe I can expect to hear so that one I don't freak out in the moment when it happens yeah. and two I kind of already am wrapping my mind around how to coach them 
through that. And so as you guys have led so many students through di these different phases, what have been some of the just the hard things that you've seen in the transitions, some of the concerns mm -hmm. that you've heard them voice? Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, maybe to step back a little bit, even before, like, parents, I mean, even before the students are transitioning, like, the parents have fears about the transitions. Yeah. And I think how you as a parent and an adult navigate the transition of your kids from mm -hmm. one school to the next mm -hmm. or whatever, and, oh, is my kid going to do well and thrive, and are they going to be able to make it? I think having people that you can look to mm -hmm. to give you advice and thoughts, mm -hmm. like somebody who has just graduated their kid into college or just moved their kid into another school, I think helps to give you kind of a sense of what to look forward to and so that you as a parent are prepared so that you can prepare your son or daughter mm -hmm. to transition themselves. Because, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I talk to parents all the time and it's like every decision is a big time decision mm -hmm. and so it's, there's a lot of fear there. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And there might be a, a level where there's times where you're more nervous than your child is, and you might be displaced. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're excited about the next thing because they're yeah. looking forward to it, and you're like, I don't want you to grow up yet. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think something that I've seen is um, just the fear. Like, I think most people have a fear of wanting to be liked yeah. and just having friends or just fitting in. And so. I think one of the hard things that I hear, especially for um, freshman girls that are coming in, and they're like, I just tried to tell my mom, like, you know, it's just hard making friends. And she's like, baby, you're perfect. Like, everybody's going to yeah. love you. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, well, the reality is everybody might not love you, mm -hmm. but you are going to make friends. Yeah. Um, and it's going to take some time. But as a parent, maybe if you hear, oh, my gosh, you don't have friends. What did I do wrong or whatever? Mm -hmm. It's like, no, 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 no. Sometimes that just takes a minute. Yeah. Um, but I think it's also encouraging, like, hey, like, remembering their worth and remembering but instilling confidence in them mm -hmm. and saying hey like you're okay you're yeah. strong move forward like yeah. you can make friends just go talk to people yeah um and not say like oh like they're gonna like hate that they didn't get to know you or whatever yeah. like, maybe but um just knowing they're gonna make friends it's fine but you don't mm -hmm. have to freak out because totally it's gonna happen yeah. it just might take a minute yeah and i think on this note of friends and mm -hmm. uh like enjoying like wanting to be liked and right. enjoying seasons of life as you walk you know as a parent walk through with your students something that I have seen some parents not do so well and mm -hmm. I actually talked about this in our friendship podcast is it's really tempting I, I think as a parent to want to uh, like push what was your experience mm -hmm. in high school or middle school or college mm -hmm. onto your student yeah. of like if you were this huge social butterfly in high school and like and you loved it and like high school was your jam mm -hmm. and you're like oh you're gonna love high school and then your child gets into it and they transition into it and it's different for them than mm -hmm. it was for you and you're to keep trying to push them to be like you were when you were in high school that can can cause some damage i think and friction between yeah. you and them as as they navigate that and so for me as a parent i've had to think through you know as for our kids as they grow up and as they have experiences and like okay i want to be conscientious not to place like the lens of my experience mm -hmm. over theirs and thinking that it has to be the mm -hmm. same right yeah. Well, I think the difference between when when most parents grew up in their high school or middle school or college experience was very much a social structure, like mm -hmm. there was a hierarchy, yeah. and if I don't get in the right hierarchy, and now it's so much more tribal, oh, and yeah. it's, it's not about finding the right you know, social status, it's mm -hmm. more about finding my core group mm -hmm. of three totally. or four or five mm -hmm. friends mm -hmm. that ultimately I'm going to you know, latch onto and hang out with it the most. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so I think it's reminding um, 
our kids that it's going to, like you said, it's going to take time mm -hmm. and to manage expectations. Mm -hmm. I think that's a huge deal of, mm -hmm. of saying it's not going to be an overnight, right. uh, easy transition totally. to reassure them that it, it'll work out, mm -hmm. but it's not going to be uh, an immediate thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Just thinking from high schooler perspective, um, since that's who I spend most of my time with, um, I think a lot of their fears, kind of what Kevin was saying, come from they just need to feel like they have a place that they belong. Um, and they, they really believe that everything they do is under a microscope. Mm -hmm. If they make a mistake, yeah. they really think that everyone in the room saw it and yep. that they yeah. noticed um, which reality is all of them are thinking that and they're all <laughs> focused on their own mistakes. And so they really don't notice what the rest of them are doing, but they really feel that way. Um, so I think a lot of fear for high school students and before I came to Christ Chapel six months ago, I was actually over middle school as well, um, at my last church. And I think that transition from like between seventh grade and freshman year, um, the fear of embarrassment is so real. Mm. Um, and you can see it on their faces the second they make a mistake, even if it's something so minor mm. that as adults, we don't even think about anymore. Mm. Um, but it is terrifying to them and they feel like they're automatically the outcast. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. So I think to kind of combat that as parents um, and help your student work through that is just as much affirmation as you can give them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, something, again, I love my parents. I'm a total daddy's girl. I'm really close with my mom. Um, something my dad specifically did all through my middle school and high school years was he'd come in the room at night um, and he'd just, I'd be doing my homework or something. And I wouldn't even notice him. I'd look up and he was just staring at me um, and he would just, tell me he was proud of me and never gave a reason why he would just say, I'm, I love you and I'm proud of you. Um, and honestly, as a student, I thought it was kind of silly. And I would even think like, he doesn't, he doesn't even have a reason. Um, but I think that as I got older, um, and started processing through some of the fears, um, just being a teenage girl, that really resonated with me that, it was kind of unconditional affirmation um, and acceptance from my parents. And I think, especially for teenage girls, if they don't find affirmation from their parents or Absolutely. from a safe um, adult relationship, they're going to find it somewhere. Yeah, and more absolutely. often than not, that's going to be a teenage boy, yeah. which is really scary. So, um, yeah, I think that's, that's a huge yeah. role that parents can play to really help your student, especially in the teenage years, mm. um, to work through some of yeah. those fears. Yeah. Well, I feel like the uh, another big transition, a lot of times when we're going from one stage to another, mm -hmm. we're going to an area of confidence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, know my, I know my schedule. Totally. I know what place I fit in. Like, I'm usually at the top of the heap to a mm -hmm. place of not being confident. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm now at the bottom of the totem yeah. pole. I have to earn my, you know, my mm -hmm. status yep. in terms yeah. of like if I'm playing sports, yeah. I'm going from being the best to now I have mm -hmm. to prove myself all over again mm -hmm. or in school, you know, especially when you're going from smaller to bigger yeah. and the competition gets higher, I think there's an anxiety of like, am I going to be able to perform? Am yeah. I going to be able to measure up yeah. in terms of that? And I think that's a real struggle that a lot of students have yeah. about making that transition. And it makes them hesitant to, you know, they want to grab onto what's comfortable and how yeah. they know 
where they're confident at. Yeah, and I think on that same note, I think what I see a lot with the younger end of the spectrum, with fifth and sixth, and even in the middle school, is less worry and fear about friendships and less mm-hmm. kind of social anxiety and more like performance, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like anxiety related towards performance, a new space to mm-hmm. figure out. And what I've seen a lot is like worry about the leaders in their life and the mm-hmm. teachers. Like, oh, I'm so comfortable. I literally was doing Bible study with some sixth grade guys this morning mm-hmm. who are going to move up to a middle school next year. And I asked them what they were nervous about. And what they said was, oh, new teachers that I'm going to have to figure out. I'm, I'm going to be at the bottom of the totem pole. There's mm-hmm. going to be eighth graders there. I'm not going to know what to do. There's these sports teams that I have to figure mm-hmm. out. And none of them said anything about what if I embarrass myself or am I going to make friends? And some of that is because they're going to travel with their, their people. But it was all very related to the authority in their life, mm-hmm. kind of relearning a new school, learning a new schedule. And they just were, they were like already, and these are sixth grade boys, which are hard to get stuff out of. But they had a, they talked a lot about those fears. Yeah, what about even like the irrational ones of like the things that you hear like, oh, like, uh, you know, in football, it was like, I heard that. I was going to get hazed mm-hmm. really, really yeah. bad. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that was not even a rumor that was based on any sort of fact. But I had these irrational fears of what's going to happen because, you know, as a, as a teenager or as a preteen, you, you hear things from your friends and yeah. you just kind of believe them as true. Yeah. And you kind of go, oh my gosh, I don't know if I want to go mm-hmm. because they're yeah. going to tie me to a, totally. you know, <laughs> yeah. tie me to a, a phone pole, a telephone yeah. pole. And there's, there are all these kind of things. And as a parent, you have to kind of, be looking for that and kind of go, okay, did you hear something? Because that doesn't actually happen. Yeah. It's not even real. Right. Yeah, or even maybe as a parent, check in with what are your older siblings? What are older siblings yeah. telling younger siblings yeah. about what's next? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I think that something that I've thought is, you know, you know, kind of a good way as a parent to begin to think about what might your child be thinking about what's next uh, is I feel like most people tend to fall into two camps with when things are going to change in their life. They're either uh, like an idealizer for what's next of like, which this is me of like, this is going to be awesome. I'm so excited. I'm going to be like the king of the castle in this Mm -hmm. place. Like I can't Mm -hmm. wait. Or they are like a worrier. And every mm-hmm. like it's like this is going to be awful. Mm-hmm. Everybody's not going to like me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to you know, and and each I think brings about its own unique challenges. Because yeah. for me, a lot of my coaching had to come with unmet expectations mm-hmm. on the back end of a transition, mm-hmm. um, and not so much meeting built up on the front end. But I think as a parent, if you want to begin to just like you know be a little bit proactive, if you can identify, hey, do I feel like you know my and it'll vary from kid to kid, probably in your family. Do I feel like my, this child is like really optimistic mm-hmm. about this mm-hmm. or are they really worried? If they're really worried, I may need to do more on the front end. Mm-hmm. And if they're really optimistic, I may need to do more on the back end mm-hmm. as expectations are not met. Yeah. But, I, you know, I think with transitions, it's easy to think about the fears and the worries and the concerns and the possible, you know, all the possible scenarios that could go wrong. Mm-hmm. But in the end, there's a lot of it's a lot of opportunities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because as parents, our job is, and I have a three year old, our job is to set them up and prepare them for mm-hmm. the next step and to prepare them for what's going on. And I think you know this is a, an image that someone put in my brain a long time ago. Is as parents, 
Our job isn't to be a thermometer, which registers what the temperature is. It's supposed to be a thermostat, which sets the temperature. Yeah. And so we as, a, we as parents or adults, uh, we have an opportunity to set the temperature for our kids mm-hmm. and manage the expectations and set them up for success mm-hmm. um, for these transitions and think about all the opportunities for growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that there are so many. The, you know, transitions aren't all just doom and gloom to right. what you're saying, Kevin. And there, there are so many opportunities. And, and I think specifically what me and my wife have talked about with our kiddos as they get older and as they encounter these things is, is in the midst of opportunities it's, or of transitions, there's such an opportunity to highlight the truth of Hebrews 13.8 with your kid mm-hmm. that, that uh, the author says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And that life changes and seasons change and things are hard, but Jesus is always the same. Yeah. And so it's okay to be excited about things. It's okay to be hopeful. But ultimately, let's put our hope in the thing that's going to be consistent and, and that you can always return and come back to and kind of bring a spiritual component of an amazing truth about God and why we put our hope in Him and that's better than putting it in anything else in the midst of those transitions with our kids. Absolutely. I think some of the most successful transitions that I've seen from my college students are the parents that don't just encourage their kids to have a relationship with Jesus, but they set the therm- like they set the temperature for that. Mm-hmm. They have a relationship with Jesus that's so contagious that their kids see that and they're like holy cow, I want to be like my mom or I want to be like my dad. I want to have a relationship with Jesus like that that changes everything. But I see my parents in the midst of craziness. Transitions in their own life. Exactly, exactly. But I see that they're steady, they're even keel, their voice is calm. Mm -hmm. Um, But I see what they're doing every morning or every night. I see that they're turning to the scriptures when we have a conflict. Um, And so I think that that's one of the coolest things that um, I've gotten to see from students who have really thrived in transition, not just because their parents told them to have a relationship with Jesus, but that their parents had a relationship mm-hmm. with Jesus that they wanted to mimic. Yeah. Um, and that was that has been really sweet and encouraging for me as mm-hmm. um, yeah. someone walking yeah. with them. I think with high school students, um, it's really it's a really fun stage of life to get to watch um, them walk through because I think it's it's right before they get to that mm-hmm. stage that you were just talking about, Victoria. But they're trying to decide, okay, I've seen all of these things in my parents my whole life. I've grown up in church. Like, To me, is it real? Mm-hmm. And they start mm-hmm. processing through, are these just things I've been told? Do I really believe it? And it's where a lot of those um, ideas really um, begin to become their own. Um, so as parents, um, I think just encouraging students to ask questions because I think I get to work with parents a lot which is really fun because the students I work with still live at home um and I think parents get frustrated because as their students you know are are in high school they hear more and more you know mom dad just trust me you know they they want (laughs) they're practicing to be adults and I think that's good um, but they're, they're trying to figure out how to do it on their own, but they still have the safety net of mom and dad. And mm-hmm. so, um, parents, I think if you can help transition from you being the one to primarily ask your students questions to encouraging your students to ask questions, because I mean, I had a, a sophomore girl ask me earlier this week, like, 
you know, I'm not really sure if God does exist. How do I know? Um, They have those questions, and it's good that they have those questions because it means they're thinking through it, um, like really thinking through it if they actually believe. And so I think encouraging your students to ask those questions, anything, um, I think sets them up for success later in life because as they face more and more difficult um, situations in life, knowing that they can go to you um, as their safety net still to get reliable answers to those questions um, is so valuable. Um, because again, if they can't get that from a safe place, they're they're gonna find it somewhere. Yeah. Um, so, what an awesome opportunity you have to establish that relationship as their safety net um, without making them feel that you're still babying them, that they mm-hmm. can be the adult, they can initiate the, um, the conversation. Um, it's just a really neat relationship to get to watch transform. Yeah, yeah. You, you talk, you're talking about ownership. And yes. uh, for me, it's like I look at the opportunity as, uh, and I read this somewhere, and I can't remember the author, but he talks about the idea that the next, your child's next step, whatever transition they're going mm-hmm. to make, is an opportunity to, uh, is a test for the commitments that they're making today. So Mm -hmm. a a faith commitment that they're making to follow Jesus today is going to get tested Mm -hmm. in the future. So, Mm -hmm. you know, say they go on a mission trip in high school and they get really excited and they say, man, I want to follow Jesus for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Well, when they get to college, that's going to be tested. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. right. Or, you know, in in middle school, it's, um, man, I really belong here. I really love being a part of the church. And then when they get to high school Mm -hmm. and they have to learn a whole new friend group, Mm -hmm. That's going to get tested. And so for me, I think it's reminding our kids that the next step is a, is a test. Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity to grow in character mm-hmm. and in faith. And uh, the commitments that you're making today are going to be tested in that next step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode of the Christ Chapel Parent Podcast. We hope that this was a great conversation that's going to help you win with your child in the midst of the many transitions that life is going to have for them. Uh, If you ever find yourself in the midst of any kind of transition with your child, whether that's changing grades or they're going through a different season of life, we would love to partner with you in that. Any of our staff would love to grab coffee coffee with you to talk about that, to be a support system for you and your student as you help them navigate their faith in the midst of the many transitions.